With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now on ESPNCLT.com and wherever you get your podcasts, this is The Shutdown Corner with Reggie Walker. Now, here's the former Penn State Nittany Lion, Reggie Walker. Some things never change. That's right. The NFL always delivers some unexpected storylines and some expected ones. And the ones we get early in the season, they definitely shape the direction of the entire season. And when I said some things never change, the good teams stay good, and most times the bad teams stay bad. But what I like to talk about is the X's and O's and what teams are doing schematically with certain players. That's always fun to look at early in the season. This season, though, a couple of things sort of remain, right? Now that Thursday night football is complete this week, obviously the Eagles are now 2-0, and we'll get to them in a second. The Chiefs, they get Chris Jones back, so that's key. But this season, Football world is already turned upside down, especially in New York, because of what happened Monday night when Aaron Rodgers went down with a torn Achilles on the fourth play of the game. That's something we'll definitely get into coming up. Welcome to the Shutdown Corner. We're rocking with you right here on 730 The Game. You know me. I'm Reginald Walker Jr. Holding it down with you for the duration. Do me a favor. Subscribe to the Shutdown Corner, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm on the X at rwalk13, R-W-A-L-K, 1-3 on the X. Holla at your boy. Now let's get into this game from Thursday night. The Vikings lose to the Eagles. Eagles take a home game, move to 2-0, 34-28. Vikings are now 0-2. They won a lot of close games last year, the Vikings. Ain't going so well this year. But anyway, you got to give the Eagles a ton of credit, right? The way they manage this game. And look, good teams, they understand phases and segments of the game. And I thought what the Eagles did in what I call the middle third was masterful. Absolutely masterful. What they did to manage the game at the end of the second quarter And the beginning of the third quarter was special to watch, man. Like, think about it. They end a drive with a touchdown. They take a 10-7 lead with 244 left in the second quarter. 
right? That, that to me was the beginning of the end for the Vikings. The Eagles were able to amass 15 plays on the drive, 13 runs. That's physically bludgeoning your opponent and letting them know for four quarters, you're going to be more physical and you're going to push them around. You're going to impose your will. And by the end, they won't be able to continue. So you get that drive, the physicality, the punishment, Jalen Hurts, Boston Scott. And they're doing all this without Gainwell. Remember, Miles Sanders left. He's in Carolina now. They're figuring it out. So then the Eagles, yeah, they gave up a drive to the Vikings all the way down the field. Then the Eagles force a fumble for a touchback to keep the Vikings from taking the lead back. And then the Eagles run the two-minute drill or the less than that drill, really. And they go down and they get a 61-yard field goal to end the half. They lead 13-7. Okay. Then they come out in the third quarter, second play, defensive end Josh Sweat for the Eagles. Strip sacks Kirk Cousins. Two plays later, Jalen Hurts is in the end zone. It's 20-7 with 13-53 to go in the third quarter. Are you kidding me? Oh, we ain't done. So then the Eagles say, let's go ahead and get another three and out. And then Jalen Hurts goes big ball, Devontae Smith, 63-yard tutty, 27-7, just like that. I say all that because the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the more stable organizations that we've seen. They generally get on the same page with how they want to build the roster. Everybody is bought in now, obviously, clearly to Jalen Hurts. Got the big contract, we already know. He's got the wins. He's developing, he's growing. And in watching the game, which is what I thought was really, really interesting, they were talking about how Jalen Hurts was playing efficiently, but he wasn't really pushing the ball down the field and and looking for those big plays. Look, Hurts finished the game 18 of 23. For 193 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Now, he also had 35 rushing yards and two touchdowns, but that's a whole different conversation. But here's the thing they have figured out about Jalen Hurts, right? They understand that if he is set up for success with the running game, setting up opportunities to take shots in the passing game, they're in a better situation. You know, you look at this football team. And you understand who they are. DeAndre Swift, 175 yards rushing. The Eagles ran for 259 yards. Rashad Penny getting some carries as well. I mentioned Boston Scott earlier. Five yards a carry for the Eagles. Now, Jalen Hurts, you got to do better about the sacks. You can't take four sacks. But you look at Jalen Hurts, 18 of 23, right? That's efficiency. That's makeable throws. That's being consistent, which that also includes pushing one down the field to Devontae Smith, 63-yard touchdown. So it's not like they aren't taking some shots. Could they potentially take more? Maybe. But if Jalen's hitting, you know, 50 or 60% of the shots he takes down the field, what are we upset about? That's what I like about that organization. That's why they're 2-0. That's why they're likely... 
going to make a deep run in the playoffs. That's why they're one of the favorites to come out of the NFC. And I tell you what, 2-0 to start the year. This was a Thursday night game, so they get a little extra rest already. This season's got a chance to set up really, really well for the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to give them a lot of credit for what they were able to do. And then on the other side, you look at Minnesota. Look, man, it's the same old story. And, you know, everybody talked all that noise. They don't need Dalvin Cook, blah, blah, blah. I know it's the Eagles, D. Minnesota, nine rushes for 28 yards. I don't know about y'all, but I think Dalvin Cook could have helped. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Dalvin Cook probably could have added something for this football team. Now, that being said, you look at Minnesota, right? Because we know, we know what the statistics are when you start seasons 0-2. We know what it is. Here's the thing. You look at their schedule, they got a chance to get right. They get the Chargers in 10 days, and I know y'all don't trust Brandon Staley. I don't trust Justin Herbert either. That's a whole other conversation. Then they come to Carolina to face the Panthers, rookie quarterback. Outside of Brian Burns, nobody has really showed up big on defense yet. Granted, they've only played one game as I drop the shutdown corner on y'all. Then they host the Chiefs. Then they go to the Bears. Then they go deal with the 49ers at home, actually, on a Monday night. Here's the problem. You look at the Vikings schedule. And I'm not going to get too deep into it, but you think they're probably going to lose one of the next two, definitely going to lose to the Chiefs, losing to the 49ers. You talking about five losses before November. It ain't going to look as good for the Minnesota Vikings as it did last year. That's what I can tell you. But them Eagles? Oh, they sitting good. They sitting pretty. They they singing Fly Eagles Fly. All them songs. They doing it. And look, they're in a good situation. They go to the Buccaneers. Then they get the Commanders at home. Then they go to a Rams team that's not as bad as it was last year, but it's certainly not at the top of the NFC. Then they go to the New York Jets. We'll get to the fact that they have no Aaron Rodgers in a minute. So you look at this Eagles football team, they got a chance to be 6-0 and easily. Easy 6-0. and Worst case scenario, they're 5-1 and getting ready to host the Dolphins on October 22nd. I think they're going to be 6-0. and That's just my opinion. We still got so much to discuss on the show, including the injury issues with the Carolina Panthers. And how that could impact the rest of the season. We're going to dip into the good, the bad, and the ugly in college football. And we're going to pick some games. We get into all that and more coming up. But right now on the shutdown corner with Reginald Walker right here on 730 The Game, we got to discuss the Aaron Rodgers injury and the future of the New York football Jets. We said it. Everybody's seen it. Fourth play of the game. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Achilles injury, 
Don. Dunsky. Here's my thing. You know, a lot of people are talking about a lot of different things with this Aaron Rodgers thing. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you which way to look at it. I'm not. I'm just going to give you my opinion on it. And first and foremost, the Jets, they didn't fix the problem that we knew existed to begin with. Okay? So if you go back to this football game and understand what happened, First play of the game, Brees Hall, big run, 26-yarder. All right, Aaron throws an incompletion. Throws another incompletion. Then he gets sacked, and he's done. Here's what I didn't say. Aaron sacked on the fourth play, done. Season over, whatever, right? Play one was a handoff. Play two, three, and four, Aaron threw the ball or was dropping back. Play two, three, and four, Aaron got hit. They didn't fix the damn offensive line. You go get that guy. You go through everything you went through to get Aaron Rodgers, who turns 40 on December 2nd, for his ability to throw the football and understand what's happening on the other side and make them pay for it, and you don't protect your damn investment? Come on, New York football jets, man. You got to do a better job than that. That's horrible. It's absolutely atrocious. Now, there's a half thing that came out positive from that game for the Jets, and I'm going to get back to the Aaron Rodgers part of it in a second. They won the damn game. What? It's because Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, he just decided he was going to make sure Gang Green stayed in the game. You don't let a team like that hang around because they're going to keep fighting. And you got to give the Jets credit for that. They kept fighting. And they somehow, <laughs> with a lot of help from Josh Allen, won the football game. Back to Aaron Rodgers and the injury. And obviously, we've seen and heard about the NFLPA asking NFL teams to go to grass fields. I don't know if that's why Aaron got hurt. I don't know enough about the science behind turf versus natural grass. Never studied it. It's not my job. I just talk about the game being played. And the reality is this. Most of these teams They even practice on natural grass every day. Practice outside, damn it. They practice outside. Let them play on grass. Why not? You know, you look at this situation and, man, it's frustrating. Because Aaron Rodgers was the story of the offseason. It really was. And to be honest with you, There were a lot of people that wanted to watch the Jets this year and root for them to lose every game and watch this thing not work out. I think even the people that were in that boat 
they were not the people that wanted to see Aaron Rodgers get hurt. I don't think anybody really wanted that. I know I certainly didn't. When Aaron's on the field, I almost called him 12 because obviously that was his number in Green Bay, so that's how I referred to him. He's eight with the Jets. So when eight was going to be on the field this year, to me that was must-see appointment viewing. We're not going to have that now. But I do have to say, Zach Wilson, he acquitted himself pretty well. Came in the game, didn't panic, you know, took care of the football in terms of being efficient in the passing game. He did throw a pick. But compared to Josh Allen, he had a great game, right? (laughs) But Zach Wilson, 140 yards passing on 14 completions. That's 10 yards of completion. That's a first down every time he threw it. QBR wasn't pretty, though. (laughs) 22.6? Bruh. Even Josh Allen was better than that. He had three picks. But here's my thing. Dalvin Cook is there, 13 carries, only 33 yards, getting acclimated. Brees Hall, coming off that ACL injury, he goes for 127 on 10 carries. That tells me something. What it tells me is, Zach Wilson better get ready to turn around and hand the football off a lot. And you know what? If Robert Sala wants to win games and make a run in the playoffs, he better subscribe to that damn formula. Let that quarterback hand the football off. Let Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter, let those guys, pun intended here, let them cook, right? Let them cook. Let them boys get up and down that field. And then you can use play action to get the ball in the hands of Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard and those type of guys. Jets are still a good football team. But I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure they were an easy lock to make the playoffs going into this thing. And they damn sure ain't now without Aaron. So keep an eye on this Jets team. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I guess we can keep an eye on the natural grass surfaces from the NFLPA. These NFL owners and teams ain't going to do it. I'm just telling you. Not all of them. Somebody going to be a rebel without a damn calls. It's the Shutdown Corner right here on 730 The Game. I'm Reginald Walker here with you. Join the conversation. Hit your boy on the X, Walk 13 Anytime I'm always interactive over there, if you will. I want to stay in the NFL. And talk about the Carolina Panthers. Yes, the Carolina Panthers right here in the Queen City. The Frank Reich, Bryce Young era is underway. And it popped off in the A. Now, unfortunately, the Panthers are 0-1 right now. It's not what we wanted, but it's a fact. And they'll find a way to grow and get better. Look, let's, let's talk about week one for a second, because I thought they actually put some decent things on tape. Clearly, it wasn't enough to get the win. But I did see a pretty strong start for the offense with Bryce Young. The first possession, they showed the multiplicity and versatility of a lot of players. Got some people involved. 
But what the hell were they doing on that fourth down? They get down to the Falcons' 11-yard line. Personally, I I thought they should have taken the points. You take the field goal there, put three on the board, give your young quarterback some confidence. But they didn't kick the field goal. They went for it. And to be honest with you, I didn't have a problem with that either. Now, that damn play call. Oh, Frank, what in the blue hell was that? Here's why I don't like it. You are fourth and less than a yard. First quarter of the game. And instead of getting your quarterback on a quarterback sneak or even handing it to the back, but on some kind of a downhill scheme in the running game, instead, you go straight deep handoff and ask Chuba Hubbard, a not very big back, to dance in the backfield? Here's my problem. The quarterback wasn't under center, which baffles me. Uh, to me, if it's less than two yards to go, the quarterback should be under center every single damn time. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I know that's old school football, but damn it, that's effective football. That's what it is. Now, the two picks from Bryce Young, bro, you can't throw picks like that. That's You can't. Not the same mistake twice. I can't. I can't I'm sorry. You, that cannot continue to happen. It's first game, rookie, whatever. That can't continue to happen. It can't continue to happen. Hopefully, they can find a way to get one against the New Orleans Saints. Get that record to one and one. They get the Saints. Coming off that win, it's going to be a tough one. Especially because they're not going to have some guys. All right, let's talk about these injuries. J.C. Horn, first-round pick in 2021, number eight overall, hamstring injury in the first quarter. He's out for, a quote, an extended period of time. That ain't good. And I know I said in the preseason and even all the way back in the OTAs in the spring, not worried about J.C. Horn until he gets hurt during the season again. Well, guess what? He done did that, so I'm concerned again. It's a problem. This is a problem. You're already not deep at the position. We know Dante Jackson has had his injury issues as well. They need those guys to be healthy. Meanwhile, Brady Christensen, the left ta- left guard, I should say, left guard, he was the third-round pick in 2021. He's on IR. Bicep tear, he had surgery. And they're already thin there because remember, Austin Corbett's out still with the ACL. So he's on the pup list. So, of course, Chandler Zavala, the rookie fourth round pick, he's starting at right guard, but he was supposed to battle with Christensen for the left guard job once Corbett got back. So now you got a rookie playing one guard spot, and who knows who's going to play the other one? Cade Mays, Nash Jensen, Justin McCray, who knows? Figure it out, I guess. But the reality is, J.C. Horn's hurt again. It impacts your defense. It impacts your ability to play some lockdown. That's the problem. 
It's a problem. But I think the Panthers will come back with a much better performance. I still think the Saints are the better football team. I like the New Orleans Saints to actually beat the Panthers, and we'll get into picks later, but I actually like the Saints to beat the Panthers and move to 2-0, and and the Panthers will fall to 0-2. It's the Shutdown Corner with Reginald Walker. Hit your boy on IG. Holler at me on IG, man. R underscore W-A-L-K-1-3. And before I jump to the picks, <laughs> oh, Lord, Mel Tucker, what in the blue hell? Are you thinking, man? Oh, and y'all know I don't really like to talk about this stuff, so I'm going to make it really, really quick. Mel Tucker, I don't know what happened. I just know that you can't put yourself in these kinds of situations, man. Like, to, to potentially, allegedly, make a pass at the lady who is a survivor of a violent attack. Come on, man. Like, what are you doing, dog? You got to be better than that. Allegedly. People talking about the $90 million bag. That's one thing that might've been squandered by Mel Tucker. Bruh, he got to look his family in the face and his homeboys in the face. For what he got called doing? Come on, man. Come on, man. And Jay Norvell, real quick, Jay Norvell, head coach of Colorado State. Hey, man, stop talking. I hope Dion puts about 150 on y'all. That'll be what you get. It's the shutdown corner time for picks, picks, picks. That's right. Picking the biggest games in college football and the NFL. Not all of them, but a lot of them. You know what time it is. It's the shutdown corner. You know who we are, Reginald Walker. You know what we like to do, talk ball. Let's start with these picks. And I'm going I'm to go pretty quick because I'm running out of time. College football. South Carolina at number one, Georgia. It's easy to be a soldier when it ain't no war. South Carolina. You going into a war. Against Georgia. And there's one you ain't ready for. I like the dogs. Big. Minnesota at number 20, North Carolina. Listen. P.J. Fleck can say everything he wants to. He don't have a better team than North Carolina. The problem is North Carolina sometimes doesn't realize they have a better football team than the team they're playing. They better show up. I think they got a wake-up call from the App State game. I think North Carolina shows up, and I think they win big. I think they win by three touchdowns. Number 11, Tennessee at Florida. This has been the bane of Tennessee's existence for a lot of years. But I do like what I've seen out of them so far. They're putting up numbers. The offense looks obviously not as explosive as last year. They don't have all of those guys. It looks really good. Florida's floundering a little bit. But the reality is it's a rivalry game. It's in Gainesville. It's the hated Tennessee. I like Tennessee by a field goal late. They better be careful in the swamp. Colorado State at number 18, Colorado. Already just talked about Jay Norvell running his damn mouth. Dion by four tutties. Quick. 
Go get them, Coach Prime. You're listening to the Shutdown Corner. I'm Reginald Walker. I'm on the X at our walk 13. Some NFL game picks right now coming real quick before I run out of time. Got to get into these. Green Bay at Atlanta. The reason why I think this one's intriguing, Jordan Love out on the road. Desmond Ritter, young quarterback as well. Who's going to step up? B. John Robinson, Aaron Jones. Which one of those backs is going to be the order of the day? I also like Dylan from Green Bay. Give me the Packers in this one by a field goal. Kansas City at Jacksonville. Everybody's on the Jacksonville bandwagon right now. I love Trevor Lawrence. Chris Jones is coming back. I think he'll have an impact. I don't think his numbers will, but just his presence will. Kansas City knows they cannot end up 0-2. I like the Chiefs in Jacksonville on the road by a touchdown. The New York Jets at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Zach Wilson. Hey, there's a guy on the other side, number 11, Michael Parsons. If you see him coming, you better pray. You better pray. That's all, that's all you can do. Well, he's going to get you a lot. Micah's going to get you. Cowboys, 31-7. Dolphins at Patriots. I love this. Bill Belichick against Tua slinging it. Give me Tua on the road. He gets a win. Patriots go to 0-2. I can't believe I just said that. Patriots go to 0-2. Monday night, Saints at Panthers. I already talked about this. I think Saints come in here. They get a win on Monday Night Football. Panthers fall to 0-2. Saints, 2-0. Well, y'all, that's going to wrap up the show this week. Appreciate y'all listening. Before I get out of here, I want to give y'all a couple of quick nuggets and let y'all know where I'm going to be. The NBA approving a tougher rest load management rule. They're going to find some teams if players are not playing in some of the biggest games of the year. So. Keep an eye out for that. And then obviously after Team USA didn't medal at the World Cup this summer, the LeBron, ADs, Steph Curry's, Tatum's, all those guys now considering playing in the Paris Olympics next season. Hey, on Saturday, catch me on ESPN Plus, Georgia State at Charlotte. I'll be in the analyst seat on ESPN Plus. Shout out to Alex Perlman and Smacker Miles on the call with me. Again, hit me on the X. R. W-A-L-K-1-3 at rwalk13 or on IG r underscore walk13 and make your comments and questions part of the show. Appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Y'all know who I be, who I am, and what I is. Reginald Walker Jr. You've been listening to the Shutdown Corner. We're hot on 730 The Game. Boom!